Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Are you ready? Hey guys, come on, bring it in. Welcome back to the podcast dedicated to the most precious human pastime. I sit down with friends, idols, and inspirations of mine to shoot the breeze about music, life, family, food, whatever. I'm Gregory Porter, and this is The Hang. Literally, I think I was the only black kid in school listening to Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and ACDC, and the other kids were just looking at me like, what are you about? I was like, I don't know, it's good. Listen. Coming up, the wonderful Brittany Howard. When that's coming up, there's no one that looked like me. Yeah, we live in a society where we value what is young and what is thin and what is blonde hair, blue eyes. I feel like I came along and just, just ripped that whole script up. A voice and a spirit you're sure to fall in love with, because I did. I remember the first time I performed in this little bar, did the best I could. I just remember like blacking out. And then the next thing I know, it was like somebody put money in my hand. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was easy. So here. Sit back, grab a drink, and let's do this. Come on. A nice chair, Greg. Did you say nice chair? Yeah, that's a great chair. I got to give me a nice chair for these interviews. <laughs> you know, I have this, um, I bought this house in uh Bakersfield, California, which is my hometown. And mm -hmm. um, when I walked in this house and it had uh, a study with with wooden mm -hmm. walls, it, it suggested okay. a certain thing, you know, just like, right, I got to get me mm -hmm. some leather chairs and some old mm -hmm. golf clubs to put in the corner. You, know? <laughs> you play golf? Uh, I like to chip and putt, but I don't, I don't, I don't really golf. Okay. Yeah. Look at you. Look at you. Getting what you deserve. Yeah. A study. <laughs> Got a study. Big leather chair. I love it. <laughs> Big papa chair. And uh, um, where are you at? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville mm -hmm. is one of my favorite cities. I love Nashville. Yeah. I grew up not far from here in uh, North Alabama. Uh -huh. So it's good to be close. Yeah. Good to be close to family. Yeah. Are you working on music already? Are you just, are, is that where you? Am I working on music right now? Kind of. I'm just kind of, I don't know. I've, I've been uh, practicing piano and trying to become better at that instrument and just, I don't know, having fun. You know, you got to live life to create. I believe that. So just been kind of living my life. Yeah. Exploring what that means during this time. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy for sure. Um, but you, what a free spirit, man. The, 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 the the music that you write and you sing, you could categorize it, but your approach suggests that you better not categorize me because you'll you'll turn on the dime. I mean, it's, there's um, there's some there's some gospel influences, some soul influences. Uh, you you you're rocking hard. 
singer songwriter you 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 paint um with many brushes and so it it makes me think about your your roots it makes me think about the foundation of of you and your musical understanding and and when you step to the microphone what do you consider who are you thinking of what are you thinking of are you just trying to get your point across or, or are those roots coming out I think I try to represent myself to the best of my ability uh, when I step up to the microphone. I mean, it also depends on what I'm doing with the microphone. Am I performing to an audience or am I in the studio? Um, Either way, I think it's not so different. Um, Obviously, I want to put on a good show when I'm performing. But either way, I'm trying to reach down to what was the initial reason for even writing this piece of music or performing the story yeah. that I wrote. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you're taking people with you, taking culture with you, taking um, Alabama with you, um, Mama, Daddy? What's what? Are, what? Are, what? Are, what I'm getting at is is for me. Even when I tried to run. Uh, just in my head, when I was trying to run from who I was, which was really just a, a little boy from Bakersfield who 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 sang in church, and you know, I tried to I tried to you know go to bigger cities and and sophisticate myself. But then, when I was really getting real on the microphone, Bakersfield would come out that the Nashville that's in Bakersfield would come out. The, the country gospel blues that I grew up singing from the Southern migration, Texas, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, that came to central California, all that would come out. And so I'm curious as to, um, not even, not in a technical way, not in a, uh, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm even talking spiritually because, um, if, as I listen to your music, I feel like there's a lot of spirits in you, but, but when you, when you, when you're, you're singing is, is who's, who's, who's with you? Who's back behind you? Um, when I'm singing, I feel like, um, it takes a lot of courage, you know, because it's really vulnerable to bear yourself and to be honest and try to be honest in front of an audience, uh, even be honest in front of a microphone that's, you know, recording a song that somebody else is going to listen to. It's vulnerable. It's scary. I feel like I get a lot of courage from um, my ancestors and um, also my sister who passed when I was a kid. I feel like they're all on my team and they're just like rooting me on. It's like, well, you got this. You got this. This is what you're here for. This is what you put here for. You got this. It's easy. And um, even when it doesn't feel that way, it's like you got to dig deep. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like what you're talking about is you're reaching through the story of you and who you are. And bearing that, and I, I feel like I can relate to you, and that's kind of what I do too. Yeah. You know? Very first time that I saw you, there was, um, this is it. It's confidence and authority. You have to have it in order to deliver what it is that you're trying to, to get across, to be believable. Now, there can be uh, that other side of, of, of vulnerability, but first, you have to have the confidence to, 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 to deliver the message. And you have no 
shortness of it. And it can be a thing uh, with uh, the perception of a female performer, mm-hmm. the perception of, of who and what they are, the strength and the wisdom and the understanding that they have is different than, than that of a man. This is all bullshit, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that you come with your authority. And again, I, 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 I asked the question, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that authority comes from myself. Um, growing up, I didn't see any women that looked like me. Um, so I had to take the space, you know, so to speak, take it up. That's my space. I'm, I'm that one that uh, some impressionable 12 year old girl could look at and be like, Oh yeah, I could do that. I could, I could do that. Yeah. Um, when I was coming up, there was no one that looked like me. No one mirrored back to me. You know, this is preaching to the choir, but yeah, we live in a society where we value what is young and what is thin and what is blonde hair, blue eyed. Um, that's what we want. That's what sells. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I feel like I came along and just kind of just, uh, you know, you know, just ripped that whole script up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And where does that come from? It comes from the people that I put the most value on. It has nothing to do with uh, <laughs> if, I, if they're socially considered beautiful. Yeah. I, you know, I look up to people like my grandma who's strong, you know, yeah. and, who grew us food and put good food in our bellies and right. taught me, yeah, taught, taught, taught me about uh, standing back up when I got pushed down and yeah. dusting myself up and taught, taught me about uh, working for myself, how to make right. things work for me, doing, giving what I want. That's valuable. Being empowered is valuable. I want everyone to know. Yeah. That's who you're taking to the microphone. This is who is behind you when you, when you, when yeah. you step into the microphone. That's what I'm talking about. It's, nobody yeah. knows them. And nobody may ever know them, but they're there in your songs and they're there with you on stage. Yes, I was raised by a lot of women growing up because my mother had to work or, you know, my sister was sick. My parents would have to go to the hospital with her. So I would stay with relatives. Yeah. And there's a there's a whole lot of women that raised me. Yeah. And uh, they were strong and they just they just knew how to take care of a situation. Yeah. Um, that, that's with me behind the microphone. Uh, my sister's with me behind the microphone. She taught me, uh, you know, she she was blind. She did it. She did everything better than anybody who could see could do anything. You know what I mean? Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. That's a that's a mental block. You can do anything. Yeah. Uh, that's a lesson I carry with me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Are are you? Do you often write from personal experience? Mostly, um, even subconsciously, sometimes I'll write songs that I think have nothing to do with me. But subconsciously, it's like telling this other story that I didn't even realize could, you know, a song like Sound and Color that I wrote, I didn't realize it could have to do with feeling isolated when I wrote that song. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just all kind of a sci-fi element. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just making this world up. I'm just making this up. Mm-hmm. I think everything, yeah, comes from my own experience. It's what I know the best, you know. You were you were talking about your your sister and the experience of 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 going through that and the pain of that uh, finding its way into 
your your music, maybe even uh, the courage that you have when you when you perform, when you write. Um, my my brother, my dearest brother, we lived our lives together. Um, he just passed from from COVID. Um, he uh, lived in New York City and he got the virus and he's just a year older than me. And he was there for every every moment of my life. He he was he was the um like he was a squeaky wheel, the like gregarious, big, boisterous, you know, he couldn't sing a note really. <laughs> <laughs> but his brother could. And he was gonna let everybody know, hey, psh, y'all ain't doing nothing. Listen to my brother, right? And yeah. I, I had this natural shyness. Mm-hmm. And so my people, my family, they've, they've always found their way into my music. But now that he's gone, freshly gone, um, I'm curious uh, as to what will come out of me in terms of, in terms of my writing and even my emotion as I come to the microphone to sing. I'm I'm actually nervous about it um, because it was such a pro- profound feeling, profound love, profound inspiration. And, you know, I don't want to now become a, a, a not a one trick pony, but but just be about that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It really is. It really is something. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that about your brother. Yeah, I think. You. Write as much as you can about it. You don't have to use everything, but I think once you, when you're processing it, you know, process it and and write about it as much as you can, as much as you want to, and um, you know, the next thing will come. Yeah. But I think it's an important moment in your life to reconcile with uh, not only his passing, but everything that he was, everything he was to you, yeah. what he taught you, yeah, how he. How he stood up for you and and uh, made space for you on that stage. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I'm yeah, I'm interested to hear that. I think a lot of people could relate to that prof- those profound feelings, how, the magnitude of it, uh, how it transcends like time and space, love, you know, yeah. and having a, a someone who teaches you and have someone who's your best friend and have someone who understands you and came from where you come from. You know, yeah. I, I'd like to hear that. I'd like to hear that kind of music. Yeah. Another thing is, is when somebody, but you have, you have your environment and when something from that environment is, is, is now absent, you then go back to who you were and try to find what they added to you. Who, who, so there's a funny thing now is as I listen to the music that I've made, um, I keep finding us like, ah, there he is. There he is. Yeah. I took it for granted when he was there. You know, yeah. sometimes I almost even didn't want to point it out to him because, because you know, I didn't want him to get the big head, right? You know, I made <laughs> you. <laughs> that's how he would. That's how we would be. But now, as I look back at at, at my music, when I talk, when I say, "There's a song," you know, rough cut stone. I couldn't polish myself. It had to be done by someone else. He was that someone else that was polishing mm. me. Really, really, the entirety of me, my life, mm-hmm. since we were little little boys sleeping in the same bed, peeing on each other. You know, he was <laughs> he, he was always 
you know. It was like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like that. And um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh it's really a thing, this this vulnerability that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a duality to it. Now, as as the leader of a band, as the the front woman, front person, front man, you have to show strength. And I think what's interesting to people is when it's two-sided, because we all are. And so this this um this strength and vulnerability and going back and forth with that in performance is something that you do with your voice. It's amazing what you do with your voice and and, and all of these characters that are in you. I, I, I heard, I don't know if it was you who said it or if it was just some writer that said, uh, and, and I didn't hear it before I, I read it. It's about, uh, you know, the influence of, 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 of Curtis Mayfield mm-hmm. um, in your falsetto. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll be damned. There it is. You know, I think I'm just making a statement about strength and vulnerability, both in writing and expressing ourselves and how really all of us are the same. Yeah, it's so true. And there's also a way of um, disarming people. Uh, to me, to me, everything has its purpose. When I'm constructing a song, receiving a song, laying something out, there's a there's a purpose for doing something in falsetto. And then what do you have to say in that? And how does the music support that? And what emotion are you giving to someone? What picture are you trying to paint? What are you trying to let them live in for the next three minutes, 34 seconds? You know what I mean? Uh, all, the, all those things I consider, like I would say that I am a purposeful creator. Like, I don't know, it, it, it's hard to explain. Like some, some people, things come to them and they say, this is the way it's supposed to be and that's the way it is. And that's the, you know, that's the way it came to me. And then mm-hmm. let's get the best of the best on it and uh, we're done, it's a song. And mm-hmm. for me, it's, I like put, picking things apart and seeing where I can make them kind of peculiar or even uncomfortable. And then mm-hmm. where, and then where can I um, find resolution to, to then make them feel comfortable? Uh, provide the relief for all the dissonance that was created and then be like, that's life, you know, and then wrap it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, where, where did you, where did you, cause sometimes as a, as a, as a young artist, um, and you're still very young, which is so crazy cause you're so damn prolific. Now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Gregory Porter. <laughs> Where we'll put that on my website. <laughs> Where do you get the authority to come out with such confidence? Does it come from listening to with your with to come out the way that you do and you did with just so with 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 because the way you express yourself is you're not trying to be perfect. You're trying to be you. Mm-hmm. And that's so that's 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 hard to do. It's hard to do. You you you, you sometimes people feel like they have to put on their best face, their best position. You know, they're wearing garments that's sucking everything in, and then it, and, 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 and and they're using parts of their voice that's not even, you know, 
them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's a, you better accept me as I am mm-hmm. uh, quality to you. Where does that come from? Does that, does that come from listening to, to, to rock or watching video? What, where, what is that? I think it just came from performing at bars in the South, uh, being in a, like a interracial band where we all look so different. As soon as we walk on the stage, people are like, oh, this goofy, this goofy ass band. This is about to suck. <laughs> and then, what the and hell then, is this going to uh, be? <laughs> exactly. And then just, uh, just like being like, shut up and take it because this is, this is what I do and this is, this is what I'm doing right now. And if you don't like it, then you never have to come see us again. Just kind of already being aggressive as soon as I get up there. Just like, <laughs> if you don't like me, I don't care. You know, that kind of front. Because really, I'm a very sensitive person, and it would hurt my feelings if I heard someone make fun of what it looked like or whatever. But I didn't let myself feel that. I was just like, this is me, and came out and did the set and wasn't trying to hear anything else, really. I mean, I feel like that's where it came from. Just uh, (laughs) self-preservation, you know. And that worked. And then I I realized that worked, and you just, uh, you know, you kind of have to not give a damn like you you have to not and there's one there's you know there's one thing saying that you don't give a damn and there's another teaching yourself how to not give a damn and I started that really early on which I think just you know really preserved me and my inner self and my mind uh I feel I feel like a lot of a lot of that confidence comes from uh yeah having to learn the hard way yeah it's, uh, uh, so as a self-protection mechanism? Yeah, probably. I mean, because it's so, especially in the beginning, it's so scary yeah. to get on stage when you've never really been on stage. Like, you just, everybody's telling you, like, no, you're going to be great. and But in your head, you're just like, I just, I can't believe this is happening. And then you're on stage, you're in front. I remember the first time I performed in this little bar in Decatur, Alabama, Everybody's looking at me crazy. You know, it's the kind of bar where everybody drinks Bud, Bud Light. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, you know, that kind of bar. <laughs> Playing pool in the back. Like, got out there and, and performed. And I did the best I could. I just remember, like, blacking out. And then the next thing I know, it was like somebody put money in my hand. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that was easy. <laughs> you know? uh, did you ever feel... Uh- a need or a pressure to, uh, and these are these are this is this is off the top of my head. I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to get anywhere. But did you ever feel a need or a pressure uh, to have a racial position or racial uh, categorization um, to your music, to your approach to music, to your writing, singing, did you ever feel any pressure growing up? It's like, ah, okay, well, people with my, with my nose and lips don't, don't do this. Uh, so I should be doing this. Or, or, or did you just, again, not give a damn? No, I don't give, this is why. This is, see, this is why I don't give a damn. Because in my life growing up, everything my family went through, everything we went through, you know, uh, music was like my little like world that I could create, I could control. So whatever I liked is what I liked, and I liked everything. 
I still today, to this day, am inspired by anything I hear. I can learn something from anything. Because I like to ask the question, like, why do I, what, what is it about this that I like? And just like people, like, everything has something in common, right? So, like, Jimi Hendrix was someone who was inspiring to me at a young age because Jimi was doing music that was considered not black, right? Yeah. But there's a black man doing it, so that is <laughs> that is our music. So then it just kind of busted the myth, you know, because I, you know, I had kids my age and stuff like, why are you listening to that kind of music? Why are you listening to that kind of music? And I'm like, listen to the drummer, like, listen to that beat. Yeah, like it's just good. It, it's just that's it. It's just good. And so I don't, I don't really uh, subscribe to, I don't really subscribe to having to uh, do anything this or that uh, on the basis of what skin tone um, that music is is uh, mainly made by. Yeah. So it seems silly. I I, I love the rich history of African American music. I think it has inspired most every genre of music that we have today. Yeah. Um, but I won't let anything limit what I might love or what might inspire me, you know? Yeah. 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 And that, that can affect your life. Who you love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, that kind of stuff never really entered my mind. Sure, I got made fun of for listening to things like Black Sabbath. And, you know, <laughs> literally, I think I was the only black kid in school <laughs> Listening to Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and ACDC. And the other kids just looking at me like, what, is it, what are you about? I, like, I don't know. It's good. It's good. Listen, it's good. <laughs> and they're like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but really, yeah. quite frankly, it's, um, you know, if you really break, break things down, because I do the same thing that you do. I can listen to anything and it, it Okay, I dig the bass line. Oh, dang, mm-hmm. I dig that tambourine part. Or oh, mm-hmm. way in yeah. the back, I hear, I hear like, I hear like, I hear three black girls singing way in the background on this rock tune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. there's always something that I get out of these tunes. And if you really break the music down, whether it be the rhythm of the drummer, uh, there's all there's always something there that connects to other cultures. There's something in so rock true. that connects to country. It's always something in a lot of rock music that that comes from the black Southern church rhythmically. It's, you know, I, sometimes I hear, I, I hear, sometimes I'm listening to rock. I hear the tambourine playing of one of the old missionaries in some, in some church of God in Christ church. And mm, mm. sometimes I wish those worlds would communicate more or, or say, um, or even just say, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wish when, when, when people got popular, they said, you know, I always listen to this, I always like this, or, or just even talk about the cross-pollinization that happens in music, whether it's, you know, Iggy Pop really digging mm-hmm. John Coltrane. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, had this, I got you. I had yep. this weird festival in it wasn't a weird festival. It was a dope festival in in uh, uh, in France, uh, Rock on Sin, mm-hmm. and which you probably have done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, somehow I ended up open opening up for Iggy. Amazing. And I thought I said, Shh, I don't know how this is going to work. 
uh, you know, I'm doing my, my soulful little jazz thing. And, um, but the audience was like doing this very thing that I'm talking about. They were, they were finding the parallels. They were, they were, they were like, they were finding ways to get with it. And they mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I tore up the stage and then Iggy, Iggy came up after me. He gave me a wink mm-hmm. before he went on stage, which was, which was like the dopest for me. Yeah, that's cool. It, it, it suggested, hey, baby, we just musicians here. Yep. You know, this is, this is just us doing our thing. And he went out and, tore and destroyed the stage, spit on it, flipped on it for two and a half hours. And I, and I said to myself, you know, I was like, well, you know, maybe this is not, not my thing. It, it was absolutely my thing because yeah. he was, again, still just trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do, communicate a message. And it didn't matter the vehicle. And quite yeah. frankly, at some, some points, the way the snare drum was hit, the chords that were hit, whether it was the spirituality, we were both looking to John Coltrane for inspiration. There were a yeah. whole bunch of ways where we were mm-hmm. meeting in the middle. The audience did it and we did it as artists. So it was, it was, uh, it was a dope experience. And I, I hear that. I hear that in your music and I, 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 you know, it's, 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 it'll be dope when it's an unconscious thing. And I don't know if it's an unconscious thing with you and your, your, the various bandmates, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, uh, is it a, is it a spiritual, is it a subconscious thing? Is it a conscious effort to make these cross pollinizations happen as, as I'm hearing, or is it just a natural thing? Yeah, it's not conscious to me. I, I never went to any type of, uh, music school. I don't know how to read music, um, but I can make it and somehow I can write it. You I got are my it. own ways. <laughs> and um and uh I learned from listening. That is exactly how I learned to this day. I can listen to anything and I can figure out how to do it. And if I don't understand it, then I have to do some research by listening more. Um even when it comes to if it's West African African rhythms or if it's rhythms from um, Brazil, what makes this, or Cuban rhythm sections, like what mm. makes all these parts lock in to where we have so many things going on that seem like nothing into now there's this like rich fabric of rhythm. How does that happen? Let me listen some more. Let me watch somebody play it. I mean, that's just how I learn. Um, mm. There's no, you know, it's really no school to curiosity. You just, you're curious or you're not. Yeah. And so when I put together my music, I just pull from things that I know. Uh, what am I trying to get across with this song? Why am I even making this song? What's the point of this guitar part? What's the point of the bass part? What's the point of the piano part? And these are things I consider when I'm when I'm writing, you know. Most of the time, I don't have to think that hard. It just kind of shows up. But it's like when I get stumped, I know how to... I'm like, what, what was the point again? You know, I'm not asking myself that question. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now you, now you, uh, uh, we're going to go back to that. But you said earlier in the conversation, when a song comes to me, uh, uh-huh. when, a, when a song comes to me or through me, where is it coming from? When I receive it. Um, when you receive it, yeah. I don't know. Whatever that thing is. I don't, I don't claim, like, I don't claim to know what's beyond me or anything like that. I, I have ideas, um, but I don't know, just whatever, you know. I think everybody on the earth is supposed to have, like, their lessons and what they're supposed to do in their life and 
whether you find those things in the line with them or whether you don't, that's your business. But as for me, it's like, I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I, I need to get out of the way more. So I, when I say receive, it's like sometimes they just show up and I just got to be there. And then sometimes it's something I go actively sit down and do. You yeah. know I, mean? I think if you make time for it, then you're making more time to receive music, to receive, you know, ideas. You just got to like go in there and sit down and dibble dabble until you get out the way. Um, <clears throat> whenever I objectively, like, I'm going to write a song today. I'm not even really having a good time when I do that. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, yeah. I'm the same way. I, I catch it when it comes. Yeah, you just got to catch it. You got to catch it. Yeah, you it. see what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the yeah. rough thing for me is that it often comes when I'm in motion. Uh-huh. Uh, so if I'm on a nice. plane, I'm often sitting next to somebody. Three o'clock in the morning, if it's a red eye, I'm on my phone singing some musical idea. That's you know, amazing. pissing somebody off. But I'm like, eh. Yeah. Uh, that's you're pissing them off. I bet they're very <laughs> curious. <laughs> I got to catch it when it comes. But I'm curious, mm-hmm. are, are you you writing? What's your process? Are you writing with the guitar? Are you putting your ideas into your phone, voice recorder? Or are you mm-hmm. going straight to the studio when you have an idea? What are you doing? No, I'm a lot like you. Um <sighs> It's weird. It's like, you, you know, when you get it. I would just let you say, you should hear my voice messages. There's thousands of them, but, oh but, but they're like, you know, half of them are. Yep. And then you got to, you got to decipher that. You got to come back and figure out what the hell is going on on a Tuesday, 2016. Right. I'm sorry I interrupted you then. Your process we were talking about. Process. Yeah, I wish I could nail down a process, to be honest with you, Greg. I wish I could figure out how I do this so that I could just do it. <laughs> but it doesn't work like it doesn't work like that for me. It's like um when it's time, I, I don't know. I, I like I'm like you, I have bits and pieces everywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the strangest thing will happen where I'll be in like creation mode and um somebody will say something to me and It'll just hit me. It'll be like, you have a song that is literally titled that. You need to go find that and look that up. Look it up. Boom. It's on the record. It's crazy how that works. But there's pieces all over the place. Yeah, it's crazy. Pieces all over the place. Pieces that at the time I was like, this is not working. This is strange. This I don't know about this. I don't know if this is a musical. And then you find it years later and you go, no, that was dope. Yeah. I just need to finish that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Get out of your way. Get out of yeah, get out of the way. Like, you know, uh I I'm telling you, man, if I could figure out my process, I'm gonna be real good at this. <laughs> you know? Isn't it amazing how something you you think is is so insignificant or something that you grabbed from somewhere, and then next thing you know, a year later, there's a mm. few thousand people singing it along with you. Wild, dude. It's, Wild. It's it's the Wild. it's the most beautiful gift and uh and craziest thing. It'll yeah. stop you. It'll humble you real quick because you just go like, whoa, uh, life is so crazy, so strange. Mm-hmm. Nothing's impossible. Um, I remember writing Hold On, you know, and that was a song that when uh, that was a song in the shakes that people started paying attention to a lot. Yeah. And I remember being in my little green work truck. It was a little Ford Ranger <laughs> stick shift. It was a work truck and I used to be a porter. So that's like an outdoor janitor. And I remember driving up this big mountain talking about like, man, I hate this job, but I just got to like stay with this job. Just got to hold on a little bit more until I get someplace better. 
And then I just started writing the lyrics, you know? And yeah. next thing you know, it's on the radio. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's crazy. beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful, actually. Hey, guys. You're listening to The Hang. Hit subscribe or follow on your podcast thingamajig of choice to get every episode of The Hang fresh off the presses. Do you still do you still run across uh, some of the people that you? I know you had you worked for at the post office or, mm-hmm. and and different different jobs. Do you still run across those those people? I don't, but I kind of wish I did. There's there's actually people that I want to bless. Like there's people um, that I worked with. You know, it was a recession when I got out of high school, so I, I was having a hard time finding a job, like mm-hmm. a minimum wage job. Uh, everyone was though, yeah. and I remember working with this child psychologist. I worked with her at um, Old Time Pottery. Man, I can't really remember her her name, but I just remember her like struggling and just really being a shining image of somebody like trying to get over, doing everything they can. Uh, she had survived breast cancer twice. She had a fourteen year old daughter. I really, I wish I could find her. I wish I could find her and just like bless her. Just, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people I come across like that, where you just come across them and you just see them and you're just like, wow. Uh, I kind of would do anything for you just because of like the type of person that you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe she'll listen to this. <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is what's cool about our experience, and that hopefully will will humble us and and make us more thoughtful about how we we treat people and even the people who knew you the idea that all of these gifts and all this genius is inside this young girl who was really trying to work this minimum wage job you understand what i'm saying you don't know who you don't know who Brittany is. And there are people who will look at you and say, ah, oh, yeah. this is broad ain't nothing, but you know, she, she ain't, oh, she yeah. ain't grounded and founded no kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll put things on you that yeah. are, that's, it's, and, that's, and it's nothing about you. I remember I, I was in a humble situation, quite humble situation. People make it, you know, bigger than what it is, you know, today. But, but I was, I was, uh, I was just the local neighborhood soup man in, uh, in Brooklyn, in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. And I was, you know, making my soup and, 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 you know, chopping up my carrots, celery. <laughs> and man, onions. just making my soup. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what people knew me for. And sometimes, you know, I would, I would, uh, you know, I would walk the street and it was like, hey, what's up, black bean chili? They would call me by my soup. And sometimes there was a stratification that happened. You know, it's like, ah, that's the soup, man. Mm. This person is a lawyer. So there was a level of respect that came. Mm-hmm. But what I've tried to do, and I think what my mother has taught me to do, is you don't know who anybody is. You don't know what they're Even going 
even when they're laying on the ground, you don't know who it is. And so do your best to try to treat everybody with respect because you know what? You know, Brittany might just be Brittany. You know what I mean? Mm, 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 <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? Might, yeah, I might mean, just be Brittany Howard, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I believe in what you're saying for sure. I mean, my father was a used car salesman. We didn't have very much growing up. Lived. I lived in a junkyard. Uh, grew up in a junkyard. And I remember my dad teaching me really young. He was like, you got to treat everybody the same. Got to treat them the same way. He taught me that so young, kindergarten, first grade. And I do try to live up to that. To me, that's like the golden rule. That's just the essence of, you know, we all got to equalize her on us. You know what I mean? Her name is Death. So, you know what I'm saying? Not trying to get dark, but I'm just saying we we all have an equalizer, if, yeah. whether we want to realize it or not. And um, And also just we have so much more in common than we don't have in common, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. I think we've, it's easily to be manipulated to believe otherwise, especially nowadays, 2020 election year, all this mess going on. People forget themselves. They forget, they forget themselves, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, they forget their own humanity, their own mistakes, their own fallibility, their own uh, judgmental selves. Like, hey, uh, we all going through something right now. Like, what makes me your enemy? Because this guy says so, or this news network says so, or like, honestly, we walking down the street, if a tornado hits your house, man, I'm there helping you clean up. Yeah. That's the human. that's the humanity in us. You know what I'm saying? Well, where'd that go on election year? People yeah. Crazy. Yeah. People crazy. Great. Crazy. It, it, it is. It is crazy. This is, this is, this is a wild time. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in seeing what our, what artwork, um, comes out of this time. Um, yes. I'm I'm definitely ready to flip the play the page on this. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta go through growing pains to get somewhere though. That's this definitely what this is. It's a profound time, I think, for for many people, many groups of people, if you you know, is it something is is politics something that you you find yourself uh Thinking about, speaking about. Unfortunately, yes, but I think that's just my nature. I'm a Libra. So I was mm-hmm. born under the sign of, of, of justice and balance. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at our system and I'm just like, well, so many things could be changed if you just did these things, but they don't want to do the things because they don't want things to change. It's working for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like painful. It's like I had this painful relationship with politics because there's a part of me that wants, that has a little bit of nihilism about it. And then there's a huge part of me that's like, but things could be better. Yeah. Things could be better. Uh, we don't have to, we don't have to live like this with somebody else's shoe on our neck. Um, we've been here before. We've done this before. Uh, it's going to be what it's going to be. Pick up a history book, look backwards. I think, I think especially right now with all the um, protests going on for uh, justice and equality. I think a lot of people have been listening to music that was made 60 years ago. Yeah, A lot of people have been drawn to connections to where we are and where we have been in the past. Not just in this situation. I think it's applicable to every situation. Um, how important education is. Um, and things like that. Yeah, you can have the nice shoes, like you said earlier. People... Uh, what is it, celebrities, musicians, like wearing all that nice stuff and all the things that suck this in and suck that in, and looking apart, you know what I mean? Looking apart but having no substance. Yeah. Um, I think I think people are getting schooled right now. I like it. I'm hopeful. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful and and I, I hope I hope that that the the veneer of of this of this strength and 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 the I hope that that's peeled away. I hope the the hypocrisy is peeled away. Mm-hmm. I hope the I hope that even quite frankly the theft of 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 my flag is 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 brought whole. There you when go. I, when I say I'm, I'm patriotic, and when mm-hmm. I see the flag, I see the work that's been put into it. I see the people who have died, um, even under that flag. People who have have worked and built and toiled from birth to their last breath, who who never received uh, the benefits of this country, but still I see them in that flag. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, they um, believed in what the flag was to, supposed to stand for. Exactly. It, it, exactly. So when one party uh, wraps themselves in the flag and said, this is ours and nobody else's, it, it's, it's distasteful. Uh, even, if it's, if it, even if it's my party, because it, 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 it belongs to everybody. And uh, I'm just, I, I am ready for, I am ready for a new day. And uh, you were talking, I I was reading about some youthful experiences and things that happened to you you, uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, racial incidents. It, 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 I I have, you know, I know you probably would like to be careful with it because sometimes it can overwhelm an interview when you, when you talk about things like this, because I had similar things like that, the cross. I didn't grow up in the South. I grew up in California, Central California. We talked about the music that made that made it this migration: Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's not the only thing that made that migration. There was mm-hmm. a um, racial discrimination and the stratification of who we are as a people made its way out here as well. Uh, and so in central California in the eighties, I had to cross burnings and called niggers so many times that it, it, it would just roll off me and it had no effect. Um, my brother was shot, uh, in a, in a neighborhood walking home from his minimum wage job because he was a black man in a, in an all white neighborhood. Oildale, California. Um, watermelons thrown through our window. Um, they came three o'clock in the morning to, to cut down my brother, myself and my brother's tree house. And this, so this attack came upon us and I found a way to take the energy of that. And it's probably something you do as well as a songwriter. You take the energy of that and it's a strong energy. It's a strong energy. Negative energy is a strong energy and it comes your way and you try to sling it back in another way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Pro- it, it, many times in a positive way uh, or in a way that gives you strength over it. And um, I've done that in, in, in a lot of my writing. And uh, mm. but it, it has it has affected me. It's moved me, even though that was you know over 30 years ago. It still has moved me. Has uh, early experiences of discrimination 
uh, found its way into your music and, and the way you think. Yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of discrimination, right? Um, what you're doing right there is what we call alchemy. It's alchemy. You're taking something that is one thing and transforming it into another thing. I respect that that is a talent. That's a gift to be able to do that because a lot of people get stuck in that negativity, you know? Yeah. So I applaud that for sure. Growing up, uh, yeah, I was always the odd man out. I was always the odd woman out. I was always the strange kid. Always yeah. was in my family, in school, uh, at work. Uh, I just weird, man. It seemed like I didn't fit in anywhere. So yeah, I was discriminated against because of my uh, my size, my color, my where I come from, my interracial parents, uh, my class, how much money I made, what kind of shoes I wore, what kind of car I drove, what kind of house I lived in, uh, being gay or straight. Discrimination yeah. is the name of the game where I come from. <laughs> Um, it is though. It's it's true. It's true. And, you know, objectively, uh-huh. it is what it is. I consider it kind of a blessing because what yeah. did I get from that? So much empathy, so much compassion for so yes. many different types of people. Yes. I can tell a story that y'all all can relate to because everybody has experienced some injustice, some unfairness, and you have to take that into your core and your soul, and you have to say, "Is this me?" Yeah. And it's not you. you throw it out. You know what I mean? That's not me. That's not me. This is me. Yeah. That's my job. That's my job. Be me. You've been on this the out in a whole bunch of ways. And that gives you some insight as to being on the out. Boy, yes. Like, even is, um, I am 32 years old now. Right? Yeah. Even in the music industry. Yeah. I get to be celebrated. And that's wonderful. But your girl's still on the outside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I like it. But I like I like it because it makes me um, I'm hungry. Yeah, I, I I still have a hunger to create. There's no part of me that get that likes to get comf- too comfortable. Yeah, I like to I like to change. Life is changing. I like to change. I I just like to go with the flow. I like to go with those kind of things. And I think my entire past, everything I've been through, painful things, uh, joyous things, it's all led me to uh, to be able to create from this point of view. Uh, that I'm very fortunate other people can relate to. Mm. Yeah, very fortunate. I, I started to to wonder about myself um, as, a, as an artist, maybe even just as a human being, not looking for pain, but when it comes, in a way, I don't shy away from it. These these life conditions, I don't shy away because I don't know what it's going to bring me now. I'm not saying I'm trying to to harvest every pain or abuse in my life and try to make try to sell a, a million records from it. Mm. But I don't know what is going to happen to me now that I know that I have a process and a vehicle in which to put life experiences. I don't know if this is going to be the thing to help somebody. Or even, or even, let's just take it to to the the the, the basic. I don't know if this is going to be my next hit. You understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm 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 looking for pain, but when it comes, I don't shield my eyes from it, and I I, I accept it. I accept it. When I mean, you talk about, I, I accept this death. I accept, and I want the realness of of the, real. the politics. Yeah. I if 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 I do. If, I, if I'm in a, a racist environment, let me know. Don't sugarcoat it. 
let me know. Cause, cause you know, I want to know, I want to feel that I want to experience yeah. that. You can experience it and you can feel it because you know how to move it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you know what to do with it. A lot of people don't, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. A lot of people don't. Yeah. So what are you working on now? Um, I Like I said before, I'm just kind of working on um, my piano chops. Just It's an instrument I've always longed to play. I'm teaching myself at the moment. I wish I had a teacher, but I don't know. I just got my... A thing. You you have your way of learning. It's it's work. It's worked yeah. well for you. Yeah, I have my own way of learning, and I I know when something moves me, and I think it's always been kind of detrimental to my creative process when someone says, "Well, actually, circle of fifths says that you should go here." I don't. Uh, never mind that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's not exciting. That's not fun. I don't want to learn the wheel of fifths or whatever. To, to each their own. Like some people take that and they really run with it and they break the rules because they know it. And I yeah. just break the rules because I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. You know, Brittany, I, 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 I swear to you, I'm more that way than I am anything. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. I, I, I came to, to jazz not because of the test technical aspects of it or... or it, it, I came to it because of the feeling that it yeah. gave me and the freedom that I saw in it. And uh, in a way, the uh, the grace and dignity, as well as, you know, the underbelly, the gut bucket. And so, which Nina Simone had, mm, 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 had mm, truckloads mm. of. And... So it was it was the thing that draws me to the music, not the 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 theoretical aspects, but emotion. Um, I'm I'm as touched by uh, opera as I am by the blues. And quite frankly, there are places in the world. Unfortunately, you know, not in our country so much. I don't think I, there there are places. Uh, you know, the Europeans, <laughs> they see us a little bit better from afar. They're willing to put jazz, blues, and soul music on the same footing as their classical music. And probably having those experiences has caused me to value what it is, the roots of what I came up in, you know, these, these, these childhood gospel expressions. Uh, the blues, the utterance of, 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 of black culture. I've never, when somebody said, oh, you're just an R&B singer. Oh, you're just a blues. I, that has, yes, you, you're just a gospel singer. Is that supposed to be a slight? Is it supposed to be a slight? This is an honor. You, 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 you throwing compliments. So, yeah, man. so in all that, that you are doing, whether you're conscious of it, or not? Are you, or whether you're conscious of the ancestors that you have in your voice and in your pen, they are there and they are, they are feeding us, feeding you first, but feeding us as listeners. You know, it's a dope thing and, and, uh, and, and keep going on that path, whatever is your journey. And I love it. I love it. Thank you. I'm just going to take that recording and the last things you just said. I'm gonna put that on like a, like a like a meditation. 
put that on like a meditation music. Just play it over and over again. Thank you. Peace and peace be upon you, Gregory. Nah, Thank man, for real though, on a serious note, yeah. I'm a huge fan of yours. Oh uh, man. Great admirer of your work. Thank um, you. congratulations on your latest release. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm honored you took time to listen to anything I have to say and uh, I just I just appreciate it. No, it's amazing. Yeah. Um actually I you know you know there's there's artists that I that I talk to, I, I get cool points for and 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 uh I said when I first first started to do this, I was like, I think we we were playing like a week apart from each other in in front in uh, Vancouver or something like that. Mm. And I was like, dang. And I hope I could, I'm going to try to miss my flight or something so I could just talk to her. <laughs> but, uh, but we found a way to make it happen. And um, it's been really beautiful to just have this conversation and hang, just hang and talk, talk about anything. We could yeah. probably do another hour, but maybe it's some other time. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you so some much. Some other time. With me and I really appreciate you talking about life and music. Thank you. I love it. Greg, thank you. Hey, so good to meet you finally too like wow there you are <laughs> hey <laughs> awesome so there it is and that's it for another episode of The Hang thanks to my guest Brittany Howard and thank you for stopping by I hope you and I will be together again very soon in a click perhaps until then don't forget to share this podcast with your friends let's all get together on our next episode. I'm Gregory Porter, and this has been The Hang, a cup and nuzzle production. <laughs>